Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic, so join us as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is Delia and I am your host for this episode. In each episode of the Parent Podcast, we'll be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life and more. We'll be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you will keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow in your journey as parents. Many of us have an image in our heads of what kind of a parent we would be. The cool parent, the strict but loving one, the best friend, and the list goes on. But when we actually become parents, sometimes we see ourselves acting in ways we never expected. Sometimes we lose our cool when we are triggered, and before we know it, the yelling begins. When can you kick the habit of yelling? Is it possible to change? With us today is EJ, father to a 7-year-old and a family life specialist at Focus on the Family Singapore. Welcome to the show, EJ. Hi, Delia. It's nice to be on the show together with you. Please share with us more about yourself. My name is EJ and I'm a staff at Focus on the Family Singapore, working as a family life specialist and also overseeing the uh, programs team at Focus on the Family Singapore. On the home front, all right, I have a primary one boy, all right, his first year in primary school, is all excited. My wife, all right, who is, interestingly, the fun fact of my family is uh, she's a counsellor. I'm also a counsellor by training and I, I, we always have this running joke in our family. It's like, you know, so both counsellors at home, who counsels who? And do we try to counsel our son? <laughs> right? uh, well, I think on the home front, we try to make sure that the family wins, you know, mm. have good conversations and uh, we are trying to our best to have a happy family. Wow, sounds nice. But at the same time, we know that every family would have their fair share of challenges. And would you be able to give us some context? What kind of parent did you envisage yourself to be before becoming a father? And now that you're a dad, um, how has your journey been when it comes to working with your child? Before I became a parent myself, I, I have looked around, I have many friends who were parents before me and I always envisioned that I could be that, like what you shared earlier, Delia, you know, that be that cool dad, that my child would run to me, embrace me, and if there's any problem, he will come over to share with me. And maybe also on the back of my mind, I always envisioned that, oh, this child seems to be very easy to take care of where it doesn't need to involve a lot of screaming, shouting, yelling that in my profession I get to hear a lot from. And I probably would also think that I'm someone who can manage my emotions pretty well. Even in the event that my child acts up, I can settle or resolve the issues or the conflicts generally uh, pretty well. When I became a parent myself and now with my boy at seven years old, I think it's rather different than what I have expected. I have my fair share of instances with regards to like yelling and I think uh, the yelling occurrence probably happened about two years ago during the um, first year of the pandemic when my boy was in K1. You know, and as I look back, uh, well, I don't think there was one particular issue that sparked off the yelling instances and increasing frequency. It was probably an accumulation of many different uh, factors, you know, things like the circuit breaker, the stress from it, and uh, having to manage caregiving arrangements with my parents, my parents-in-laws, coping with work stresses because we were trying to pivot work matters, and uh, also for my child probably in that season of development requiring more attention uh, from the parents. So I would say generally, and my wife can attest to this, that I'm generally quite a patient father who seldom lose my cool or blow my top. In the most probably angry times that I ever had, 
uh, I will just have a very stern or very grumpy looking face or facial expression. And so for me, what really works well when I get very upset is I'll just try to uh, self-regulate, resolve my own frustration independently and probably internally. During those seasons, I, uh, I must say two years ago, I frequently lose my cool and I realized I started to raise my voice a lot at my boy. Whenever he does something mischievous or uh, he did something that I previously told him not to do. So something like when he's not compliant, you know, it really irritates me, especially on that fact. So I raised my voice once and I realized that, wow, it worked. I got a situation under control. I was pretty like smug about it. And as I look back, I probably also realized that I think I struck fear into my son's heart then because he cried and that's often how it's resolved. He cries and and gets his act together, he says sorry, and we moved on, and he sort of learns his lesson. Unknowingly, I probably thought like, this method of getting the matter resolved works well, and it's pretty easy. All it takes is just raising your voice. And I realized before long, yeah, whenever I got irritated because of his uh, lack of compliance, he mischievous, uh, or even when I was just very tired from a long days uh, of work of caregiving, whenever he made a wrong move, all right, there I go again, you know, the yelling begins. And accompanying with the yelling, my poor son, he has to endure my long theological lecture, you know, on the philosophies of life and why he shouldn't do this and why he should do that. At the peak of my anger, I probably, if I recall correctly, I probably even spanked him on his palm, or on his feet, just to get my drive, my displeasure of his misbehavior across. Yeah, so this yelling behavior of mine probably went on for I don't know, as I look back, I, I sort of I lost count. Probably went on for a few months before I sort of like got a wake up call out of it. But that was me then, you know, mm. it was, as I look back, it's not really like something I'm really proud of. But I must say that it was probably a journey that I went through and I learned a lot out of it. As a parent myself, I can fully resonate with the challenges we face on a day-to-day -day basis. And I mean, personally, I don't enjoy being an angry parent. But at the same time, I realise that sometimes it's a reflex response on our part. And especially in a point of stress, it is something that, in a sense, we have something pent up within us and we just have an outlet in that moment. But at the same time, after that episode, I myself, as an angry parent, would think to myself, Actually, I don't want to go through this again. Like, it's not a very nice feeling for myself. And I don't like that it also places a wedge between my child and I. Yeah, and I also realise that when I'm going through a hard time myself, I feel very limited in my capacity to regulate my own emotions. So just now you mentioned, oh, you came to a point of realisation and you came to a point of taking an honest look at the situation. But we know that it doesn't happen all of a sudden, right? What really made you put a stop to that tension that was building up over time? And how did you take steps to address that? I think at this point, I really have to give credit to my wife because personally on my own, I will probably have just continued that path of yelling, screaming or spanking my boy just to get my displeasure across or his act together. I recall turning point really came one of the days where my wife asked me, hey dear, you know, is everything doing okay at work? Because she really did notice that I was becoming more high strung, very stressful or easily irritated. Yeah, I remember this word, she said, you're becoming more easily irritated. Is everything okay? So she probably noticed that I was much more unhappy whenever I come home. I seem to be thriving on different fronts, uh, front-facing matters. But when it comes back to the home, I'm always so unhappy, grumpy, tired. And she said in her own words that she hardly noticed any happy interactions between me and my boy, which was very sad because it was very far from what I've 
vision initially about being that cool dad, being that approachable dad. Uh, but my wife began to notice there are much more frequencies of quarrels, lectures, and tears. Definitely not for me, it's for my son. So my wife was actually very worried for my uh, sort of like mental and emotional well-being. So that was the comment from my wife. And when she spoke to me, that was like a little like uh, awakening in my mind to be more alert and more mindful of the situations around. So I began to take a hard look and uh, look at how my son was responding to me and as I became more intentional I started to notice that my son would shun away from me especially from uh, affections like when I want to hug him or when I want to uh, talk to him uh, sit down and share bedtime stories uh, with him he would just you know, refuse run away and he prefers mommy than daddy and he doesn't want to hold my hand when we go out that was really uh, saddening for me and Again, when I look back, I sort of realized because the same hands that tried to hold him were probably the same hands that tried to spank him or have spanked him. Mm. Yeah, um, I guess the last straw for me uh, that really just told myself that I had to get my act together was when I blew my top again and my son once uh, and I literally saw his lips turn pale. He was like, you can see him shivering, really trembling in fear. And that was when I realized that, hey, this has probably gone on a little bit too far and too long. I am not only just trying to get the situation under control, I probably reached a point of traumatizing him. In the profession I work, I do know that it will not be good for the long-term well-being of a child. So that was when I realized, okay, I need to seriously do a check on myself and get my act together. You know, EJ, I think it really takes a lot of humility for you to even have that moment of just allowing your wife to check in on you. Yeah, and I think kudos to her, she's very wise to approach it in a like, how are you doing? Instead of right away <laughs> jumping in to prescribe like approaches that she thinks you should do. Yeah, at the same time, you know, at Focus on the Family, we talk about being aware about our child's personality and just um, understanding ourselves is one thing, but also understanding our child. So maybe you can shed some light, you know, for all of us listeners here in the interaction between you and your son, what you have observed of your child's personality and then from there, how you have learned to adjust your approach with him. I think that is pretty interesting because as I look at my child, the way I will assess his personality is his... Okay, if I use animal, like just to describe him, his personality, right? Uh, he probably looks a little bit sometimes like a dolphin, otter kind of uh, personality. Very fun-loving and people-oriented. There are times that his personality is like a little dog. Just very warm and like to go out to people to get attention. When I begin to observe that more intentionally, then I realize what really helps him a lot is a more person-centered kind of approach. He appreciates the hugs, the cheers, the encouragement, the positive feedback. He, he likes to have those first in place before we start addressing uh, the real issue itself. And when I learned about that, not only did that help me to adjust my approach, but that also sort of like cautioned me in how I engage certain conflicts because of his personality type. What sets him back would probably be that withdrawal of affection or harsh relational treatment uh, and isolation uh, ways of handling. Uh, and I realized that and that was how I was treating him then. No wonder he started to feel traumatized, started to draw a distance away from me. Now that when I look back and as we talk about this question, I realize that every child is so different. And based on that personality type, we try our best to tweak our approaches to suit the child 
himself or herself that would work really better i mean and i always say this right we are the adults we the parents are the more educated one so we try our best we should be in the better ability and capability to show that kind of restraint or adjustments when you shared with us about how you took a step back and to just reflect and just think through about your own approach right I'm just wondering if you were to rate yourself from a scale of 1 to 10, like 1 being not at all and 10 being all the time, to what extent would you say you have overcome yelling? Um, wow. I think maybe this question you ask my wife better. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I think my own self-rating is probably at a 7 to 8. I am still a work in progress. There are days that I really am very tempted to just lose my top. I would rate myself 7 or 8 because I find that I'm more aware right now. I know what are my limits. I know what are my triggers. I know that uh, whenever I feel that I'm up there, I'm going to lose it. I would be more intentional to cut myself some slacks, you know, to pull back a little bit. For example, even just like taking 5 minutes to cool down and just to not engage on my child's uh, issue or misbehavior. And once I'm more in a cool down state, uh, I realize then I respond, I'm better. I talk better because I feel better, right? So I would relate better. And, and I've also found ways to sort, and we probably call this our how we regulate, self-regulate, right? So I found that I generally am a person who likes order and control. That's why when my son misbehaves, right? I get all <laughs> wrecked up, okay? So I realized that since he's also learning how to be well-mannered, well-ordered and better controlled. I try not to be so worked up by his lack of control. So I find those sense of satisfaction of having control by doing other things. And I think my wife would be very pleased to hear this, that for me, right, so to get some orderliness uh, and control to satisfy myself and prevent myself from yelling, I will do things like go exercises, go for my runs to get myself in a better mental state. I will try to do housework because when you do housework, right, you line the laundry nicely, the sense of order, okay? And in the middle of the night, if I can't sleep, I will toy around with my son's Lego pieces because by building Lego pieces, it helps me like get, oh, things are very in order. Then it's sort of like a mirror and a reflection of my own personal emotions are settled. Then I'm in a better state. I really encourage you to hear what you're sharing because I think I can take some of these tips and apply it in my own life. What other things have you found helpful for yourself and would really like for the listeners to give it a shot? I think the other part, going beyond just regulation, uh, and earlier we talked about recognizing what is my child's personality type. I think the other part that I wanted to add on was about how I manage my response. I think I always learned this theory but because of the issues I went through, I learned how to put this theory into application. If I see my son in his misbehavior, uh, throwing out tantrums and all, then that gets that irks me uh, a lot. I've learned to frame it to see that he's going th through a storm himself. He's trying to find peace or trying to settle his storm. So he brings the storm to the parents. But of course, when I see the storm I, and I don't know how to control myself and I start yelling, I'm actually building up the storm to make it bigger and make it worse. So I've learned that when I see a storm coming, once I've done my own cooling down, when I engage, I try to bring peace into the storm. When I put that theory together, then I realize that how do I make peace in the storm? And I think a lot of times it's how I speak, my disposition. All right, so if I go in with really like that angry face or like sharp words, you know, that's not gonna help. All right, so I manage my personal response, being calm emotionally. When he sees that I'm calm, I'm not easily ruffled and all that, that helps him to be able to mellow down faster. And I've also learned that when a child is in that very high-strung and emotional misbehavior and, and cranky state, when I engage, there's a very high chance that I will also lose it. Man. 
So it's not worth that kind of battle. But when I calm the storm and then I go in and talk nicely and engage, I realize that their chances of a better conversation is, is higher. Thanks for sharing about taking time to cool down. Um, what are some other practical tips that you have found helpful? I think nowadays, as I said, I rate myself as a 7 or 8. Those days where I'm in the other spectrum, <laughs> I, I sort of like give myself a little acronym uh, to remind myself. All right? I'm a guy who likes to come with a lot of acronyms. Yeah? So I use the acronym CALM all right, to remind myself, not just to calm down, but every alphabet has a meaning to it. So C-A-L-M. C, I think it's uh, like we have talked about, a reminder to cool down, taking active steps. So you may be taking deep breaths, taking a walk, taking that five minutes breather for itself. Yeah, so that was something that I remind myself. Personally, for me, I think among the C-A-L-M steps, this is the toughest part. But if I can get this right, uh, the rest will follow pretty well. Secondly would be attention. I, my son needs the attention. I think by cooling down, I'm giving myself the attention so that I can better give my son the attention to care for him. You know? So I've learned that calming down emotionally is the first step. The attention to my child is another step, like using a very gentle disposition that I mentioned. And the other thing is using, I can't find a better word for this, yeah, but I call it the soft eyes. Because sometimes when I'm angry with that, angry facial expression my wife tells me that i have a killer look <laughs> you know like i want to slaughter my son because of his misbehavior so i learned to tone it down a little bit you know uh, or if it helps sometimes when i talk to him we just sit side by side to each other so mm -hmm. that he doesn't feel very pressured from that eye contact mm -hmm. uh, as well so that's a the attention thirdly is l i think it's really to listen this is tough for me as well because being a dad and I'm an engineer by training, yeah, uh, I like to solve problems, I like to get into the action. Uh, so listening is sometimes pretty tough for me, but I realize that it helps my child to regulate. So when he starts sharing, you know, he slowly starts to calm down. So I've learned to take time to listen, listen to his rants, listen to his complaints, listen to what he feels is unjust, unfair, you know, uh, how we have treated him or his friends have treated him. But basically giving him, coupled with the A, giving him undivided attention just to listen without interrupting. Oh my goodness, I tell you this is so tough because I always am so tempted to interrupt him, you know, like stop, I have five other ways I can tell you how to solve the problem, but no interrupting, just listen attentively. And lastly, I think to make up, the M is to make up because uh, sometimes whether I lose my cool or just to help him to regulate, I will give him hugs and affections. And I think this is a positive reinforcement because if I don't do it, he doesn't draw close to me. He will start distancing himself from me. But when I learn to do it, we, we naturally draw closer. There's something special and unique about, especially for a young child, that physical affection when we give it to them. In making up, I've also learned that when I'm in the wrong, like I've lost my cool and I yell, I will apologize. You know, I will apologize when I'm in the wrong, saying sorry, sometimes I write notes for him. And when I look back, I found it so powerful because, for example, recently I had a, I had a little incident with my son and I was very surprised because for maybe a very rare moment, he apologized to us for a mischief that he has done. And on top of just apologizing verbally, he even wrote a note of apology and slipped it under the pillow for my wife. And I asked myself, wow, you know, where did he learn it from? And humbly and honestly, he probably just caught and learned it from us because we demonstrated it first. Mm. So when I practice this calm approach, I think it's not just helpful for myself, but I'm also a role modeling to my son, you know, that in future, if he encounters roused up situation or is tempted to yell and lose the cool, these are ways that he can adopt as well. 
Wow, that's so wonderful, EJ. There are two key things that I, I have captured from your sharing. One is that you actually place your relationship with your son first before even trying to address all the rules and you no know, boundaries and everything. And because of that, you have been very intentional to set that atmosphere of restitution and reconciliation despite the day-to-day -day struggles of raising him. Let's face it, right? We do have challenges and it is good that you have also shared that he is learning healthy ways of connecting with people because he has seen healthy relationships form between you and his mom. And I'm so glad you know, to hear that for your son, he's benefiting from CALM being demonstrated <laughs> unto him and that he is also learning to become himself. Yeah, so wonderful. A very calm atmosphere, a calm tone growing in the process. Thanks, EJ. And you know, apart from all the things that you have shared with us, are there any closing words that you want to encourage our listeners? I believe there are some of us out there who may be still struggling with this notion of, you know, how do we manage our anger and yelling at our children? Yeah, I think my closing words is that parents who are struggling and we are on this journey together of learning and I find that to help ourselves, that's why I call the, like, the importance of having accountability and making uh, resolutions, like personal resolutions. And I share this openly with all parents that to recognize that firstly, we are not perfect parents. We'll never be perfect parents. We're all on that journey on learning, you know, and there are days, there are times that we lose it, there are days that we are tempted to lose it. Let's firstly come to this place of acceptance that that is perfectly normal. We are humans after all. And the second thing I think is accountability. For me, I have my wife to keep me in check. We have the open relationship and I listen to her. Sometimes it doesn't feel good, but I will listen and make adjustments on my end. So for the rest of the parents also too, together with your spouse or your family members, let them be that accountability. Have that accountability with them so that they can sound you out. They can let you know that where they feel like we need to probably put some check and balance in place as well. Thank you so much, EJ. Thank you for sharing these really good tips and also heartfelt sharing. And to all listeners, thank you for tuning in to this episode and we hope you have gained practical tips on CALM Calm and apply them in your daily parenting journey. To receive more parenting resources, do check out our website at family.org.sg or you can drop us an email at parent at family.org.sg. We hope you can share this podcast with a friend or parents who may benefit from this episode as well. Be sure to catch us on our next Paranet podcast. Until next time, have a great week with your family.